Hey everybody, it's your girl Nikki Washington. You are listening to the very last episode of 2022's Let Me Find Out, a witty take on life and culture. Now listen, I know if you listen to my show around pre-Thanksgiving, you know that was supposed to be last show, right? But I really felt on my heart the need to share this with y'all. So I was like, you know what? Let me come through one time for the one time real quick before we switch the format up. Say hello to my fam. See what's good. How y'all doing? And drop a couple things. This will be a two for one episode, if you will, of Let Me Find Out. We're going to be talking about uh, end of year disconnections and we're going to be talking about messenger bias. I'll explain what both of those mean on the podcast here. Um, But if you're new, let me first say this. Welcome. Welcome. I mean, it don't matter that you came literally less than a week before the year is over. I'm just glad you're here. Hello. (laughs) If you can do me a favor and go ahead and like, uh, comment, rate, share, do all of the things. Why? I'll tell you why. These things help us to be found by people who might not find us. Otherwise, they push us up in the algorithm. So uh, I really believe that love is an action and every uh, word of love comes with a corresponding action. So the way that you can act in this moment is not just by listening to the podcast and not just by saying you like it, which I appreciate all of that, but go ahead and put a little writing on it. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead and share your comments. Go ahead and repost the podcast. Let me know that it's real. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I appreciate in advance uh, you contributing to this here cookout. So also last call to action. If you are on any social media outlet, holler at your girl, connect with me. My social media handles on almost all major platforms is Nick, N-I-K-K, last name Washington, with exception of uh, TikTok. On TikTok is Nick Wash, so N-I-K-K-W-A-S-H. So go ahead and holler at your girl. Let me know that it's real. I will see you not just hear you, but see you in 20 and 23. I don't know why I put the and in there. I think it's a preacher thing. Nevertheless, <laughs> we press on. So listen, I want to have a two for one uh, deal on um, on podcast today. So I hope you, you rock with it, but it's still going to be short, sweet and to the point. So I want to talk about two things. The first thing um, we're going to talk about is messenger bias. Um, I'm sharing this because I was doing a study uh, a couple of days ago. Cause y'all know I'm a little book nerd, but I was doing a study and I came across a um, website and I don't remember the website name. I want to say it might've been medium.com or um, one of those university websites. You know how you see like a study at like New England Journal of Medicine, but it wasn't that. So I, if I can find it, I'll go ahead and put it in the notes. But basically uh, the uh, author of the article, last name was Kasai. I don't know if I'm saying it right. It's K-A-U-S-H-A-I. They were talking about messenger bias. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> oh, y'all. Y'all prayed. That went down wrong. Anyway, uh, they were talking about messenger bias. And um, they gave a working definition in the article on messenger bias. And they were saying that is the inability to see truth in a viewpoint uh, based on who's delivering the information. In other words, um, you have someone presented, let's say, a, um, I don't know, a um, public figure that you don't necessarily jive with, like a, a celebrity or a politician or whatever, and you don't like who they present themselves to be. Messenger bias is no matter what that person says, you have a hard time receiving it because you don't like who the messenger is. So, um, you know, it could be a myriad of things. And I, when I thought about it, I was like, you know, I don't do that in my normal life. Like I, I pretty much take people for what they are. But then I realized there was a time where I did do that, where if I didn't like somebody, I didn't care what you had to say. All of it is wrong. And I think if we're honest, a lot of us have felt that way or might even still feel that way. And it might not even be a complete dislike. It might just be um, you have a polarized view of someone. So in other words, I think you're always going to be this way, or I have magnified all of your um, behaviors to 
support a narrative of who I think you are in my mind. So as a result of it, everything you do will be looked at through the lens of how I see you. Does that make sense? I think um, there are a lot of people that operate under messenger bias and don't realize it. And the reason why I think it's dangerous is because um, if we are not careful, we will miss a God moment. If we're not careful, we will uh, stunt our growth because of our inability to receive. Um, and don't get me wrong. I think that God ultimately will bring you people that you can receive from. However, I think there's a level of maturity that we grow to when you're able to receive from people that you don't necessarily jive with or that you um, are indifferent to or, or that you just, you know, don't like their characteristics or whatever your your thing is. So I want to talk about it. I want to talk about what it looks like and if you desire to how to overcome it, because, again, I think. Uh, you can only grow to the measure of your maturity and you can only be mature when you are rooted in what God says. And I don't believe that God's desire for us is to only be able to receive truth uh, from people we like, to be quite frank. So let's talk about it. Um, some people can only interpret who you are through their preconceived notions of you, um, even if it's not a firsthand notion. So again, I'm just uh, going over my little notes via Twitter because you know that's the medium, even though Elon making me want to get off of it. <laughs> that's a whole other conversation for another day. Again, messenger bias. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I tweeted about it and I said some people can only uh, interpret who you are through uh, their preconceived notion of you, even if it's not a, a, a firsthand notion. In other words, there are times in, again, if people are honest, where you have decided you don't like someone or you don't decide that you don't like what someone has to say, not because you have had a firsthand bad experience with them, not because they have done you wrong and it's caused you to not be able to see who they are clearly, but just because you have a perception of them. Uh, the best example of this is celebrity. There are a lot of celebrities that we don't know from a hole in the wall, but because of how they are portrayed in media, we have already determined no matter what they say, we don't like them. No matter what they say, um, they, they can't say anything right. So I think that's one instance. So as I'm talking, I want you to think about in your life, um, in your circle or whatever, is there anyone that you have a hard time receiving from because of how they've been painted in your eyes? Just a little food for thought. Also messenger bias can be very polarizing when resentment is present. Nothing someone says or does is perceived as right. Even if they are in fact sharing accurately again, it can be very polarizing. Think about it like this. Have you ever seen somebody, let's give a something lightweight, like if someone drops a spoon two times in your presence and you've known them for three years, right? Messenger bias will cause you to say, oh, that person is just clumsy. When it was two instances <laughs> where they actually dropped the spoon, you have now uh, created a polarizing, a snapshot of who you think they are based on your limited experience with them. This is dangerous because when that person goes to speak and they might say, you know, um, uh, people shouldn't drop spoons. You might say, well, you're clumsy, so you can't you have any room to talk because you polarize two moments into a huge, bigger, overarching experience that may or may not be true. I kind of went down the rabbit trail with them, but I hope you all getting the point. My point is. <laughs> My point is, um, when we polarize people, we have an inability to really hear them accurately because we can only hear them through the lens of who we think they are. So I think it's important to be aware of that so that we can break free from that. Uh, my next point is when messenger bias is present, some will become overly critical of every moment, viewpoint, habit, and conversation as a means to mentally write off the messenger. In other words, there are times where you might not like the uh, energy, attitude, or behavior of someone. So every 
every time they do something, it now becomes an indictment. So in other words, look at them. They dropped the spoon. See, I told you they were clumsy. And then next thing you know, if they uh, can't find a spoon, see, they were clumsy and they're absent-minded. And so now you continue to create the snowball narrative about somebody because you just really don't have the ability to not be critical of that space because of how you feel about somebody. I once saw a meme um, that said, and I'm paraphrasing, it was like, when you don't like somebody, even the way they, they, uh, everything, no, it said, when you don't like someone, everything they do gets on your nerves. And it said, look at that girl over there breathing in and out, <laughs> which is true. Again, you have a bias, a predisposition to dislike something because of who's doing it. And you don't got a problem with nobody else breathing, but this person all of a sudden is the worst person in the world because they're breathing heavy. You get where I'm going? Again, we have to be uh, mindful of um, our predispositions and how we feel about people so that we can be free from it. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there are not some instances where you are accurate. I'm not saying that there are not some instances where it's warranted. Um, But I am saying that I think that we have to be able to think objectively about these things. Um, last point I want to make, uh, when messenger bias is present, we know that some people will become overcritical, right? But the way that we overcome these can be done in a a few simple things. And this is not an exhaustive list. Let me give that disclaimer, but I do think some things uh, on this list will help. So what are some ways that, uh, we can overcome, uh, messenger bias? One, uh, what is the root cause of my bias? I have to ask myself that question. Why am I biased, uh, and not wanting to hear what this person has to say? Do I have offense in my heart? Do I just not like their attitude? Do I not know why I don't like their attitude? Is there something rooted there? You know, what's the, what's behind all of that? And then number two, if someone I admire delivers the same message, would I still dislike it? Again, if someone I admire delivers the same message, would I still dislike it? So that's one way I think just immediate flag. When you can hear a message and you can transport it to someone else. So in other words, if I hear a message from someone I don't care from, and then I say, okay, if someone I care for and respect it deeply said that exact same thing, would I still be irritated with the message being received? If you can say that and be honest with yourself and, and resolve which way you fall on that, you will automatically find out if you have biased or not. There have been a lot of times that I have seen people go in on uh, people online for saying something and then someone they esteem will say the exact same thing and all of a sudden it's wrong. That is an indication that the message or bias might exist. So some food for thought. And then last but certainly not least, uh, ask yourself this question. What in me needs to heal in order to receive truth indiscriminately? In other words, how can I get to a place and maturity in my walk and in my life where regardless of who speaks the truth, the truth is still the truth. I always say it like this. A blue chair is going to be a blue chair no matter if I say it, no matter if someone I doesn't don't care for says it, no matter if... Um, a Republican, a Democrat, Jew, Gentile, whoever, it does not matter who says the chair is blue. It doesn't mean the chair is any less blue. You understand what I'm saying? So I think we have to get to a point where separating um, the truth from uh, the personality or the messenger or the ill intent of maybe the messenger or whatever the case may be so that we can get to the root. Now, here's the thing. It doesn't mean that we accept anything from anybody. It doesn't mean that we embrace deplorable behavior. It doesn't mean that we don't denounce things that are not godly. Let me be clear, because I'm not saying you accept the whole. I'm saying you have to learn to compartmentalize and take away what is true, what is good, what is noble, 
what is a good report and be able to separate the person from the message that you might be able to receive so that we might be able to be sharpened, grow, um, rightly divide, all of those things. I think those things are important. So I just wanted to share that little, little quick snippet, snippet, snippet of what I believe. It's an exhaustive study and it really is something that you would like take way longer than a podcast has uh, to offer in order to really dissect it. But my uh, reason for bringing it up and my hope is that um, I and us, <laughs> we get to a point where we're able to see our own um, prejudices so that we can, uh, I don't know, so that we can really um, embrace each other for who we are or respect our differences or not allow our own uh, preconceived notions to hinder us from um fully seeing people for who they are, because I think that that happens more often than not. But a lot of us are not aware of it because we think we know what we know. So (laughs) just wanted to share that. All right. That's the first uh, half. Again, I told you at the top of the show, this is a two for one deal on a podcast. So I'm gonna hit the last two real quick. My goal is to have you out of here. Oh, that's so church in under 20 minutes. So we're at the 12 and a half minute mark. Let's see if we can do it. Let's run it. You ready? You ready? All right. No, let's talk about uh, real quick uh, pivoting or shifting gears. I want to talk about uh, the end of year speeches. I did a um, video a while back, maybe like, I want to say maybe a month ago, maybe less than a month ago. And I posted it on TikTok. I did not post it on Instagram yet, but I posted it on TikTok and I was talking about um, the end of year, cutting people off, new me, uh, new year type of speeches. We see them every year, right? This is no surprise. We know what's coming down the pipe. Um, however, I understand that there is some validity to the new year, uh, new me speeches and the cut people off speeches. There is some validity there. There are some people that you know God is uh, asking you to walk away from. Um, I don't have a problem with godly disconnections. I think where I uh, see an opportunity for growth is um, when we go online and announce uh, disconnections as a means of announcing someone doing us wrong. Y'all follow what I'm saying? Like, I know, I know, I know, <laughs> I know it's hard. I know when someone has done you wrong, it's really difficult to, uh, not want to let them know that they've done you wrong by saying, I'm cutting you off and I'm done. And new. like, I get all of that. I promise you I do. I'm not so far gone in my level of maturity that I haven't once been that person that wanted to tell somebody that I was leaving. <laughs> but, um, I don't think it is, I don't think that it it does us, God, or the person a service by going online and uh, direct tweeting, subtweeting, whatever thing. I think subtweeting culture is toxic, quite frankly. And I think that anytime we go online and start ranting and raving about uh, cutting people off, it just, I don't see a whole lot of good that can come from that. With that being said, if you are in a place where uh, you have been called to connect, disconnect rather from someone and you know it's godly, I want to encourage you to handle it with a, a lot of grace, a lot of maturity and a lot of love. Just because you're not called to someone anymore doesn't mean you're not called to love all people. Um, I believe the Bible is true and it's clear when it talks about loving our brother as ourselves. And I believe the uh, Bible is clear and it's true when it's talking about the love of Christ in the earth and the need to see it in the earth and us being living epistles and how will they see the love of Christ if it doesn't come through us, if we're not the hands and feet of Jesus. So um, I believe loving your enemies, like the word of God said, is a true thing. It's not an easy thing, 
but it's a true thing. And I can only say that because I have been in a position where I had to love people who I knew meant me no godly good. And I couldn't say anything about it and couldn't even tell them I knew they didn't mean me any godly good. Like there was no tea spilling, uncovering. No, I knew I see you like I couldn't say anything like that. I just literally had to keep a smile on my face and say, I love you with the love of Christ anyway and go on about my business. And it's not easy, y'all. It is not easy. I still remember uh, the very uh, season of life I was in when I realized that I actually loved uh, people that were not kind to me. And God had called me to pray for some people. And um, it, it, let me be clear, I'm so blessed, y'all. The, the margin of people that I that I felt like were unkind to me is so small and so so minute. Um, and you, we live in a space where we magnify everything. One person is a whole tribe of people, or three people's whole tribe of people. We just make it big. But no, the reality is, most of us don't have a bunch of haters. This is just the truth. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I had a season where I heard the voice of God very clearly and very distinctly saying to pray for certain people, and I did not want to, y'all. I was like, ugh, nah, God, nah. Uh, Cause I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, my heart posture wasn't in a place where I felt like, uh, they deserved it to be quite frank. And uh, I mean, really do we, any of us deserve what God does for us, but that's what, honestly where I was. And so I was like, all right, God, if you want me to pray for these people, I'm, I'm gonna need you to help me. And I want to mean it. And I don't want it to be just like idle babble. And I began to pray. And I promise y'all, I promise if I had an experience for myself, I would have never realized it. But the reason why I believe God says pray for your enemies is because if you pray and you're sincere about it, it'll give you a heart for the people that um, that you know mean you no good. Like you literally will develop a, a heart of compassion to want to see people come into the knowledge of Christ. You'll develop a heart that causes you to want to... Um, see people do well, even if you don't want them in your life. So I began to pray and I watched God change my heart. Does that mean God turned me into a person that wanted these people to be my BFF? Absolutely not. But God did change my heart that I did want want to uh, see them do well and wish them well. And the crazy thing is, y'all, after all of that, I found that the same people, the same little handful of people that I knew meant me no good came back and rep- repented and apologized. And I was floored. Every single one of them came back. You know what? I'm sorry. I got it wrong. Or I got you wrong. Or I didn't even know it was like that. Or I was just whatever they were on. But I, every single person. And so I just really, um, and I wasn't even doing it for that outcome. I was doing it because I wanted to be obedient. But I said all that to say this. I really believe there's something to be said when you can uh rightfully uh, disconnect and do it in a right spirit and make sure that you are God honoring and all of the things. I believe that God is honored by by those things. So uh, if it at all be possible in your situation, uh, try to exit uh, people's lives in a way that is God honoring so that you can be found blameless um, as much as possible. And does it mean that people are going to not say anything? No, people, there's some, they're always going to say something no matter how you try to exit the right way. But if you can do as much as possible, uh, make to make sure that you don't leave things uh raggedy <laughs> raggedy basically do those things so just a little food for thought i know some people will be like ah nikki i ain't got it Mm-mm, get somebody else to do it <laughs> i got you but um uh, i believe that if you can just exit the right way that god is honored in that and i also believe that every disconnection is not a ungodly disconnection. Like in other words, I don't believe that everybody that we disconnect from is because they did you wrong and they were so awful and and people are are draining and da da da. da. I believe that there will be seasons in your life and there are biblical accounts of this um where you are disconnecting from someone because you just have a different point of view when it comes to doing missions, when it comes to doing life, when it comes to doing business. And it's not that they're bad and it's not that you're bad. It's that you are not called to walk together and that's okay. So a little food for thought. 
Uh, hope this helped. Hope uh, this two for one podcast wasn't too all over the place for you, but it was really on my heart. If you have questions, if you're like, man, Nikki, I have a question about something you said. I'm not clear. You know what you can do? You can holler at your girl. How? I'm glad you asked. Nick, N-I-K-K, last name Washington, again, wherever you're logged on, and I'll be glad to reply. And uh, without further ado, I will see you in 2023. Talk to you later, guys.